Bibles, lift them up this morning. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's Word. It's His truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. That sounds great this morning. Well, turn to your neighbor and say, I think this sermon's for you this morning. Now you are nervous. He's like, what's he talking about? What's he going to talk about? (laughs) This is a one-off message, and and I've titled it IEDs, When Words Hurt. IEDs, When Words Hurt. You know, between half to two-thirds of Americans killed or wounded in Iraq and Afghanistan have been victims of IEDs, which means improvised explosive devices. And these are bombs or suicide bombers. That's more than 3,100 Americans dead and 33,000 wounded. That's amazing and an astounding statistic because really when you look at IEDs and these roadside bombs, as you'll hear them called a lot of times, it's changed the way we have fought, our military has fought over in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's been a game changer. As a matter of fact, the impact has cost hundreds of millions of dollars just in treating those that have been wounded medically and psychologically by these devices, by these bombs. What's interesting is these devices are primarily homemade, and and they usually only cost hundreds of dollars, American dollars, to build. And, And I read some research this week and said the science involved, the technology involved, is equivalent to a middle school science classes project. So they're very simple to put together. And yet, not only hundreds of millions have been spent to treat those wounded, there have been billions, with a B, billions of dollars spent to try to counter these weapons. New vehicles, if you've ever watched anything now in the military, you'll see all these new vehicles and new body armor these guys wear. I mean, it's amazing the amount of money. This device has changed the way we handle conflict in the Middle East. This one device. And I want to challenge you with something today. And this is the comparison that I want to give to you. I believe that gossip and backbiting are the emotional equivalents of IEDs. Let's say that again. I believe that gossip and backbiting, telling stories, are the emotional equivalent of IEDs. I'm going to tell you why I think so. They cost almost nothing to create. They cause massive damage. And they require a lot of work to clean up. The mental, social, and spiritual damage that gossip and backbiting cause has split apart families, separated friends, eliminated marriages or dissolved marriages, caused businesses to split up and churches to split. Gossip and backbiting. A noteworthy impact of IEDs is that they create terror and they impact not only their intended targets, but also the innocent people as well. And this next statistic is staggering. One study showed that over 60,000 of the deaths that had occurred from IEDs from 2011 to 2013, 81% were innocent civilians. Men, women, and kids that were never the intended targets. They were just in the wrong place at the wrong time when these things went off. And it either maimed them or killed them. And that's how our words are a lot of times. 
That's how gossip and backbiting are. They can eliminate families. They can kill things and destroy things. And sometimes, never even the intended target, but people that just get involved in the storm that happens with these things. Interestingly, and I wrote this down in my notes, uh, they found out that a lot of times the way that these IEDs uh, explode or set off is by the use of cell phones. And it made me kind of think of, it's not just what you say a lot of times, sometimes it's what you text. Y'all think about that for a minute. <laughs> so you don't necessarily have to say anything to set off a bomb. You can just push a button. And it's the same way with gossip and backbiting. It's no different when you text it than when you say it. Can I have everybody say amen? amen. Both of you, thank you so much for that support. No, that was... The, the Greek word for gossip, they actually have a word for this. It's, it's called thy, sy, thig, yes, that's it, that's it. Y'all catch that? It's very complicated. I don't want to explain it to you. No, uh, it's called sy, thy, mm-hmm. Y'all read it. You will come to your own interpretation. But here's what the word means, okay? This is what it means. It means to whisper quietly or spread malicious gossip, and the exact interpretation is this. To gossip is to launch secret attacks against a person's character. To launch secret attacks against a person's character. But listen to this. Another word that's related to this, and it's the second definition, is the murmurings of a snake charmer is a derivative of being a gossip. Now, I don't know about you. How many of y'all don't like snakes? Let me see your hands. We will start a life group with people that don't like snakes. That's, I, I will hurt myself to get away from a grass snake. I just don't like them. You know, and, and but but think you know we've all watched shows where they've got the snake charmer playing a little thing, and the snake comes up, right? And I'm like, you are crazy, you know. But but here's what's interesting about that: snakes don't have ears, so they actually can't hear the music. And, and what they found, and, and Monica found this out in some research this week: most snakes that are snake charm snakes, they sew their mouths shut, so they're tricking you. But I think it's interesting. When you look at what gossip is like, it's equivalent to, or an equivalent of or compared with the murmurings of a snake. It's dangerous. It's very, very, very dangerous. And so we need to understand today that gossip is not a good thing. And it's not good in families and it's not good in churches or in any relationship. It is a bad thing. But let's not talk about how we feel about gossip. Let's see what God says about gossip. I think that's a good thing to do in church. So look at your notes or look up on the screen. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, which means to build up or encourage, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those that hear it. Proverbs 16:28 says this, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. And then it says this, and gossip separates the best of friends. That's out of Proverbs. Romans 1, 28 through 30. This is very, very strong right here. Since these people thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Now here's the list of these things. Their lives became full of envy, every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, Murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and look at the last one, gossip. Now think of that. Gossip can seem very innocent. But when God's talking about it, he equates it 
with murder, hate, deception, and malicious behavior. They are, listen to this, this is what what the people that do this are equated to. They are backstabbers, listen to this next statement, haters of God. So people that gossip, according to Scripture, fall into the same category as people that hate God. That is a very powerful statement. Insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning in the last statement, and they disobey their parents. So the real question today, now you get a little, and by the way, if you want to go in and Google how does God feel about gossip, it'll give you a couple of pages of Scripture. He talks about it a lot. So here's a question for you, Southerners in the room. Is God for it or against it? Come on. He's against it, isn't he? <laughs> and here's the question. Why, why is God against it? And here's the answer. Because it hurts people. God is against gossip, backbiting, because it hurts people. And if you love God and you love people, you won't gossip. Boy, that's a powerful statement. If you love God and you love people, you won't gossip. Now, some of y'all are visitor today, and somebody said, you need to come here, Pastor Chris. He's funny. They're like, he ain't being funny yet. When that going to happen? <laughs> this is truth today that we need to take into our hearts. And I want to tell you, part of the reason why this is so important is that as our church grows and we meet more people, this needs to be the safest place in town. You need to be able to come into church and be able to share your heart and share your challenges and the problems that you're facing and not have to have gossip, not have to have it repeated. But why do people do this? Why do people, I mean, this was interesting to me and I wanted to know, why do people feel the need to gossip? I mean, why do they plant these IEDs, if you will, that are going to explode and blow up in people's lives? Why do they do that? Well, here's the first answer. Look at your notes and it's up on the screen. Information is power. And if you know something, listen to this next statement, or think you know something, listen to this statement, or just make it up, you become the center of attention for a moment. The gossip becomes the center of attention for the moment because they've got the skinny on the latest situation. And I bet you right now, if I, there are some people in your life, if you want to know what's going on, you call them. You call them. Doesn't matter if it's true or not, they're the ones you go to, right? Funny story this morning that Ed, Ed Jones was telling me, and Ed, Ed gave me permission to tell this, so I'm going to share it with you. This was after first service. Years and years and years ago, way back in the day, back when Moses was a child, not that far ago, but uh, you guys know where the Mark Martin dealership is out in, in Ashlat. Uh, that was an empty field, and there were, there were plans being made to put in the go-kart track. Some of y'all remember that way back in the day. Well, the guys were at the barbershop. Notice I said guys were at the barbershop. I didn't say ladies. So ladies, kudos to you right here. Guys are at the barbershop. Ed and the barber are talking. They said, man, what do you think they're going to build out there? I have no idea. You know it would be cool if they built it. What would be that? A Holiday Inn Express. Barbara goes, man, that's a great idea if somebody would build a Holiday Inn Express. Now, right after this, Ed's still there. It's just he and the barber. Another family walks in, and, and, and they start talking about this lot down there. And the barber says, I heard that they're going to build a Holiday Inn Express. 
This is true story. Ed's telling me this story. He's laughing. Ed looks over at the guy. They're just, it's just the two of them. <laughs> and now they're building the Holiday Inn Express. Ed says, you have no idea what that did in our community. He said, later on down the road, I had people walk into our restaurant come up to me and said, hey, I heard they're putting a Holiday Inn Express down in Ash Flat. That's going to help your business. He said, I hope it does. You know? (laughs) A couple years ago, I had a leader in the community that approached me and said, hey, I heard you're running for for the school board. That was the first I'd heard of it. (laughs) But rumors get started, don't they? And things get started. And it's amazing how simple these things can be. And those are funny situations that really don't impact anybody in a negative way. But gossip is malicious. It impacts people in terrible ways. In terrible, terrible ways. Here's another reason I think people spread gossip or plant these IEDs. We feel badly about ourselves. And so spreading gossip helps us take the focus off of our own problems and our own pain. In other words, it is a temporary fix, and it only masks our pain. You know, some of you have to go in and take medication for pain. And here's the deal with medication for pain, and it's necessary sometimes. If we suffer from chronic pain or we hurt our arm or something and we go to the doctor and he gives you a prescription for your pain, it doesn't fix your pain. It just helps it be more bearable for a while. It doesn't fix it. It makes it more bearable. And people that tell gossip, many times they will do that because it allows them to take the focus off themselves for a few minutes and put it out on somebody else. And there's a little bit of a high that comes with that. But see, it goes away. And it doesn't solve anything. It just masks the pain for a little while. Here's the last point. We use gossip or slander to divert attention away from ourselves. It's a diversion. In other words, it's look over here, look over here. Don't look at my life and my problems. How many of you have been around any kids at all? How many of you were a child? Raise your hand. Thank you. (laughs) A couple people didn't raise their hand. I don't even know how you did that. That's awesome. I was born 57 years old. It was awesome. You know, um, How many times have you seen a child, or maybe you did this yourself, you got caught doing something, and you did it, and these words came out of your mouth. Oh, yeah, I did that, but you should have seen what he did. Y'all know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Some of y'all are experts. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I did that, but boy, that's nothing compared to, right? That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's a diversion. It's a diversion. And and for a moment, we can get our eyes off of ourselves, and we don't have to deal with our stuff, our pain, our problems, or our issues. And here's the point with why I think people do IEDs. Because here's the deal. People like to listen to gossip. They like to listen to gossip. And I want you to remember this from now on. Listening to gossip is like eating poisoned sugar. It seems sweet, but it'll kill you. I did not know this until this week. I think this is a fascinating fact. Did you guys know that dogs like to drink antifreeze? Did anybody know that? Now look, let me finish this before you go off to the store and buy your dog antifreeze because it's going to be cold this week. Okay? 
Some of y'all are like, hey, that's great. No, don't leave. I'll tell you what it is. You're about to kill your dog. It tastes sweet to them, but it kills them. And that's how gossip is. Ooh. But you're killing yourself. And so you need to understand that when you ingest that, that the end result is death. The end result of sin always equals death. Amen? All right, here we go. We're going to go down. Now I'm going to tell you, y'all are like, okay, I get it. I should not do it. Okay, I get that. But I want to help you because I think we have to take it a step beyond this. There are a group of people that, that are in our country now that serve in our military, and this is their title. They're Explosive Ordnance Disposal Technicians. We'll say that again. Explosive Ordnance Disposal Technicians. And here's what these people do. They are specially trained to defuse bombs. That's what they do. They defuse bombs. Guys find a bomb. Hey, we think there's a bomb over here. They call these guys. I mean, what kind of person says, yeah, I'll go do that? Yeah, very brave. And there's another word for it too, but I ain't going to say nothing about that other word. But these are extremely brave people, aren't they? And maybe a little hoo-hoo, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but these guys walk into, and, and I think it's funny that they give them those big suits. You think that's going to help, really? Here, put this on. It'll stop it for a millimeter of a second. I mean, you know. But anyway, they put these suits on them, and they go out there, and they defuse these 500-pound bombs or whatever it is. Extremely brave people. I want you to understand today what I am asking you to do, and really it's not even what I'm asking you to do. What God wants you to do is become an explosive ordnance disposal technician. As a Christian... Not only should you not be involved in gossip, you should be diffusing it. You should be diffusing it, guys. We need to learn to render it safe. That's the technical term. That's a military term, a law enforcement term. When you've got a weapon, and they'll tell us a lot of times, make it safe. That means take the bullet out. In other words, make it where it won't hurt anybody. And that's what God wants us to do with our words, is learn to make them safe. So how do we do that? I'm going to give you three easy steps today. And if you'll do this, you can learn to diffuse gossip. Okay, here's number one. Proverbs 26, 20 says this. Fire goes out without wood or fuel, and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. I'm going to say that again. Very simple, isn't it? A fire goes out without wood or fuel, and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. So how do you get rid of gossip? Well, before we go there, Becky, do we have that video? Let's roll that, bean, that wonderful bean footage real quick. We're going to look at that real quick. Let's watch this video real quick. Go. Julie, Eunice, and I are so glad you could join our prayer group. Lord knows we need prayer now more than ever. Amen, sister. Barbara and I just love to lift the needs of others up in prayer. Well, I appreciate your invitation. Well, enough of this chitter-chatter. we got to get this show on the road. Now, I don't know if you've heard, but the Hendersons are in real need of prayer. Tom Henderson lost his job. Did you see Tom Jr.'s haircut the other day? <laughs> it looked like a porcupine on Red Bull. 
I hear Tom Sr. spends all day on the computer looking at the internet, watching videos on the YouTube. That's probably why he got fired. Oh, no, no, no. His boss caught him on the surveillance camera playing Texas Hold'em. Hold them accountable, I say. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing for housewives like us to have hobbies, but he is a man of the church. He has a family. He should know better. Mm -hmm. You know, I would like to lift up Verna Carlson. Oh, she has not been feeling very well. What's wrong with her? Well, I heard it was her weight, five pounds in one week. More like 15. Someone needs to tell her that eating ice cream will not save her demonic children. Oh, don't we know it. That little Jeffrey almost ruined the surface the other day, singing at the top of his lungs for all the world to hear. So wrong. Mm. I have a prayer request. Um, the Whitmans are going back to Peru for a month to build houses. Oh, they work so hard over there in that poor country. That's a good prayer request. They're such a nice couple. And her apple pie was the hit of the bake sale. Oh, yeah, but what about that V-neck sweater? I mean, if it had been any lower, well, I, I just didn't think that it was becoming. I noticed that, too. I didn't want to say anything. And let's not forget the dress that she wore last Easter. Um, I have another prayer request, um, for us, because, um, we're just sitting here gossiping, and I was thinking that, you know, we shouldn't be tearing down our brothers and sisters, we should be edifying them and lifting them up, so, we should probably pray for ourselves. Well, I guess you're right. We should know better. Yes, we should. No, I do it too. I mean, last week at the picnic, I told everybody that Betty's son was going to jail. And I found out he's going to Yale. <laughs> well, wow. I don't know what happened to us. You know who's really bad at gossip? Who? <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? You know, I want to talk a little bit, before I go into this point, I want to talk about when people share gossip, most of the time, they don't think about the consequences of what they're saying. They don't think about it. You know, if they could see the end result of what they're doing, they probably would not do it. But a lot of times what happens is we don't see what the end result's going to be. We just do at the time what we think's okay. But we don't realize the damage that's going to cause later. And that term is called unintended consequences. And they don't understand the damage that's going to go on. So we need to learn to prevent this stuff before it gets started if we can. So look at your number one on your notes. Listen to me. Cut gossip off at the first syllable. Cut gossip off at the first syllable. And here's the deal. Make a list of warning phrases. It can just be in your mind. And listen closely to them in conversations. And here are a few to get you started. Did you hear? Did you hear? And there's almost a way right now. If I went to, I'm just going to use an example and I'm not picking on the kids. But if I were to go to the high school tomorrow, I could walk around and I could pick gossip that's going on. 
And I'll tell you why you, why you can tell. They, I don't even have to hear what they're saying because it goes like this. Did you hear? <laughs> There's like a pose. You know what I mean? It's a, did you hear? It's kind of like a deer eating corn. It's like, I'm nervous. I shouldn't be doing this, you know. And, or, you know, and then the person, oh, you know, I'm just aghast that that would happen. Did you hear? Here's another one. I love this one. Well, I really shouldn't say this, but really? Shut your pie hole. You know, you, if you shouldn't say it, then don't. I like this one, too. Just between you and me and the other 20 people that I've already talked to. Right? Just between you and me. And here's the church one. Let me share this with you so we can pray more specifically. <laughs> like the video. <laughs> Let me tell you something today. Fire requires three elements to burn. It takes three different elements for gossip to be able to work. Just like fire. It takes fuel. This is on your notes. It takes fuel. It takes air. And it takes heat. Fuel, air, and heat. That's how fire burns. There's a really cool description up here. That's how any fire takes those three elements to work. But here's the interesting thing. If you remove any one of those three elements, and it doesn't matter which one, the fire will not burn. And it's the same way with gossip. Remove remove the elements, and the gossip will stop. Remove the elements. So I'm going to ask you a question today, and then I'm going to tell you what I think the answer is. So as a Christian, let's say you're in a crowd or in a couple of people and somebody does that, you know, that lean-in thing, here it comes. Is saying nothing important or should you say something to stop it? Is saying nothing important or should you say something to stop it? Anybody want to answer? You should say something, gold star. Because here's the deal. If you're in a crowd and there's gossip going on and you're there, even if you don't say anything, what's going to happen? Guilt by association. You're approving it just by your presence. So you need to say something. You need to stop it. And you say, again, Pastor, why is this important in the church? Because I don't want to be a place where that goes on. I don't want to be the pastor of a church where gossip goes on. I, don't, I want us to be a safe place where people can come and share their heart and what's going on in their lives. And they don't have to worry about what in the world's going on, you know, 500 people saying something. But more importantly, it's because it's not right. Number two, if you struggle with gossip, consider staying away from those who engage in it. And this is why hearing often results in telling. Hearing often results in telling. Proverbs 20, verse 19 says this. A gossip goes around telling secrets. This is Bible, by the way. A gossip goes around telling secrets. It's their job description. It's what they do. But then it says this. So, since that's how it is, don't hang around with chatterers. In other words, let me break it down to you in Arkansan. Don't hang out with them. If you have friends that are gossips, you need to separate yourself from them. Because guess what, Junior? They're talking about you when you're not around too. Right? 
I mean, that's just the way it is. It's their job. Until they get healed from it, they're talking about you too. So just remember, when you're sharing that tasty morsel, as soon as you walk up, well, let me tell you about her. Uh-huh. Or whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. That wasn't in my notes. Okay. 2 Timothy 2.16 says this. Listen to me. Avoid worthless and foolish talk that only leads to godless behavior. Avoid the talk because it will happen in the walk. If you start mouthing like that, you're going to end up in a bad place. It's going to lead you down a road that you don't want to go. And let's look at number three. The next time you're tempted to spread the dirt, do the opposite. Think of something kind to say about that person instead, or I put in all caps in my notes, or keep your mouth shut. This is good preaching, y'all. Come on. I mean, if you can't understand that, I don't know what to do for you, you know. Don't say anything. There was a funny story, a a builder named R.G. Letourneau. He owned a company that was a heavy equipment uh, company that built bulldozers and earth movers and all that stuff. And uh, they used to have a scraper, you know, uh, some kind of scraping, big tool. It was known as the Model G, the Model G. And somebody asked one of the salesmen what the G stood for, and the salesman promptly replied, well, I guess the G stands for gossip because, like gossip, This machine moves a lot of dirt, and it moves it fast. (laughs) You know, I hate to say this, but it's true. There are people that I know in our area that if I want the word to get out for something, I just go tell them. I don't have Facebook. I'll just tell them. That's sad, isn't it? There's people that you know that are that way. You can't tell them things because of what's going to happen when you do it. And I want you to understand something today. As a pastor, I have to be careful who I put in leadership because if I put a gossip in leadership, they're going to undermine the church. And it goes beyond that. If you're an employer, you've got to be careful hiring somebody that's a gossip because what if they go out and tell some information on a client? So if you are a person that struggles with gossip, you need to be careful because you are putting a lid on your life. And there's going to come a point where you're going to run into a leader that's not going to allow you to do anything because they can't trust you. Because it's a spiritual issue. But it will affect every other area of your life as well. Say, Pastor, why are you telling us this? This is hard. Anybody feet hurt this morning? I mean, y'all toe hurt right now. God wants you to be the light of the world. Jesus died for you. And your words have the power to heal people or kill people. And there isn't a person in this room that if I showed them the end result of their gossip, that would, they would probably stop and they would be horrified at some of the things that may have occurred. I mean, when you think of marriages splitting up or people getting fired from their business, Because of gossip. And and I want you to understand this, and you really need to get this in your heart today. When someone says something, whether it's true or made up, it doesn't matter. But if I say, hey, Jimmy did such and such, or I heard this about Jimmy, the people that listening, guess what? They believe that. Whether it's true or not. I mean, I could say, hey, I heard Jimmy wears Superman underoos. (gasps) Oh. 
Seriously? <laughs> yeah, Jimmy wears, I heard, man. Jimmy wears Superman underoos, really? And, 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 and so what happens the next time you see Jimmy? Like right now, y'all look at Jimmy, Superman underoos. That's all you see. You should not sit up so close, Jimmy, because, you know, I ain't going to What does your mind do? It immediately puts Jimmy in Superman underoos. <laughs> Doesn't it? I love you, man. Guess what you get for Christmas? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but see, our minds don't have a filter for that. So when you listen to it, you start believing it, and then you act on it, even if it's a lie. Because your mind says it's true. So you see the damage that can be done by that. Guess what? Wars have been started over this stuff. With great loss of life over untruths. You say, Pastor, what if, what if I know something that it is true? I want you to understand something today. If God reveals something to you, you need to pray about it. You need to pray about it. You don't need to be revealing that because God doesn't appreciate it because it hurts people. Jesus said it very, very well in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. And listen to this. For this is the law and the prophets. You need to treat people and say things about people the same way you want things to be, you want to be treated and you want things to be said about you. So when you're around that, here's what you need to do. You know, this isn't right. Or here's a good way to help eliminate that. Have you said, well, have you talked to this person about it? That's a sign right there. Here's another good one. If you hear something in the church, people mouthing like that, say, hey, why don't we, we go talk to Pastor Chris about that right now? Y'all ain't going to gossip for months now because y'all be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, that'll tell you if it's gossip or not. Well, come on, that sounds terrible. Maybe we should go ask Pastor Chris. <laughs> right? That's how you know, right? True love, love covers over a multitude of sins. And what we need to do as a church and what you need to do as a family is you need to not to allow these kind of things to happen because it will undermine your life and the plan that God has for you. Amen? So today, as you're listening to this, you feel like, man, either A, I'm around some people that are doing this. You need to stop. You need to get away from them. You need to get around some people that are not that way. If you find yourself being the kind of person that maybe you've been involved and you kind of shared some gossip, you need to repent. And that word repent means turn away from. Stop doing it. Stop. Allow God to forgive you and stop doing it. Some of you might say, well, pastor, I can't help myself. It tastes good. I want you to think of eating poison sugar or drinking antifreeze. It's killing you. And I promise you this, you will never get to where you want to be in life if you don't stop doing that because God's not going to allow you to do that. So you need to let him work on your heart. And here's how he can help you is the Holy Spirit can help you. You need to have the same mind that's in Christ, and that's the Holy Spirit. 
So today, if you find yourself in either one of these positions, you need to repent. Lord, I'm sorry that I'm doing that. Father, help me change. Holy Spirit, help me be the person that you want me to be. And I'll tell you why the devil wants to use it in your life, and I am going to close, and this is the second one, which means it's the real one. You're supposed to be the light of the world. You're supposed to be the light of the world. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're a city on a hill. And all these lost people are out here going around and they're dying and they're hurting and they're lost and they need help and they need healing. But if you're gossiping and you're sinning like that, you're covering up your light. Those actions are keeping people from coming to the knowledge of who Jesus is. It's a big deal. Stop. Let God's love and his power fill you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for your power. And I thank you this morning, Lord, for your love that just fills us up. And I just pray, Father, I know many of us, probably most of us, have, have been involved in gossip. And, and we've heard these different things. And we probably never even gave it a second thought. Or we never really thought about what the end result could be. But, Lord, you tell us that it's wrong. And that people get hurt. And so, Lord, today as this message goes in, it's not about condemnation for people. We're not trying to condemn anybody. We're trying to get people free. Jesus, you said that you came to set the captives free. So if you find yourself today being a person, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, so you don't have to worry about that. But if you find yourself being that kind of person today that gets caught up in gossip, either listening to it or telling it, it's time to stop. God's telling you to stop. Because here's the deal. Not only are you hurting other people, you're hurting yourself. Nobody wants to be around that kind of person. And you need to allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and clean you up. So if that's you today, if you find yourself in that position and, and you know God's really, the Spirit of God's really convicting you right now, then today is your day to stop. And we're going to make a quality decision to do that. We're going to ask him to help us. We're going to be the kind of people that speak words of edification in life, that treat people like we want to be treated. Father, I thank you today for your power and your presence. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I know underneath the surface of this is such power. You want us to speak words of life to people, encouragement to our husband or wife, encouragement to our kids. You want us to be life givers, not life takers. So, Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit would begin to move in this place. And, Lord, right now you would touch the hearts of people. And in the holiness of this moment, they would repent. It could be something like this. Father, I'm sorry. I've gossiped. I've hurt people. People may not want to be around me. Lord, I just pray right now that you would help me. Set me free. Lord, help me to repent. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I would only speak words of life today. That my words and my thoughts, Lord, would honor you. Help me to be a light for people and guide them to the right place. Not tear them down and hurt them with my words and this poison. So, Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, I believe you're setting some people free right now. 
If that's you, just surrender that to him. Take my mouth, Lord. Take it. Heal me. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. God loves you so much. And He wants your life to turn out awesome. He wants your life to turn out awesome. We've got to do things His way. Amen. Well, for the visitors, if you've been here a year or less, it's a year or less, we're going to have a special luncheon for you in the back. Trish and I will spend some time with you, get to know you a little bit. We don't get to meet visitors like we like to. And so today we're going to have an opportunity for you to come back. So if you've been here a year or less, just go down the side and we'll guide you back. If you haven't been here a year or less, here's what I'd like you to do today. Go eat something and know that we like you. <laughs> we love you guys very much, and we want you to be the people that God's called you to be. Amen. Grab your neighbor's hand. Thanks, Amy. Grab your neighbor's hand. Father, I speak blessing today over everyone here. I pray, Father, that as we leave this place, that your grace and mercy would fill us up. And you would change the world around us by your light shining through us. Keep us safe in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, high five three people and go eat something.